forward to getting better acquainted. Acts chapter 2, after Peter preached and the Spirit came, verse 37, Acts 2, 37, Now when they heard this, the gospel, the coming of the Spirit, they were pricked in their hearts. There was conviction there. And they said unto Peter and to the rest of the apostles, Men and brethren, what shall we do? What are we going to do with this? Then Peter said unto them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. For the promise is unto you and to your children and to all that are afar off. I, I saw myself in that little far off group right there. Even though he was talking to the Jews and talking to the, the, uh, the, the folks that were there that day, he said also this, uh, this promise of the Holy Ghost is for those of you that are afar off too. We're pretty far off uh, time, but that's us right there. Even as many as the Lord our God shall call. And with many other words did he testify and exhort, saying, Save yourselves from this untoward generation. And then look at what happened. Then they that gladly received his word were baptized. And the same day were added unto them about 3,000 souls. This morning I'm very aware that sitting in this room there are those who have been saved for a good amount of time. And uh, some of you have followed the Lord in baptism, others have not. There are others in this room, and I'm certain have come to faith in Jesus Christ recently. And you've struggled just a little bit. Can I tell you something exciting? Uh, I was on my way out uh, this morning from the 8 o'clock service. And I won't say the name of the family, but a full family uh, is going to follow the Lord in baptism, Pastor Cameron. Uh, next Sunday we'll be baptizing, but they're going to be baptized uh, around our small group. Our small group is going to have a baptizing. Can you imagine that? A, a small We've never done that before in our small group. And the entire family is going to follow the Lord in baptism. I'm, I'm quite excited about it. We have a young preacher by the name of uh, Will Harris that is up in Asheville at the Mount Carmel Baptist Church. And he asked me the other day, he said, have you ever heard about a man by the name of Robbie Gallaty? I said, no, I've never heard. heard his name, but I don't know about him and about his church. He said he's in Hendersonville, Tennessee. And a couple Wednesday nights ago, I told you that I had heard that they had baptized a thousand people from January through May, which is, I mean, good heavens, that's revival right there. And I'm going to tell you, I was wrong about that. I have to apologize to you. It's not a thousand. It was 1,200. 1,200. And people are still getting saved and baptized in that church. I want you to pray for them. But here's what I want you to understand. I want you to know that God, get ready, here's a good place for an amen, is not through saving people. He, look here, the harvest, it's time for the harvest. You say, well, not many people are coming. That's because you're not telling many people. You're not sharing the gospel. I'm not sharing the gospel. We're not aggressive in our gospel outreach. We're coming into our season. We're getting ready to move into Judgment House. We're into the Family Palooza. We're moving into our camps. Uh, this is our season. And we're not backing up. Not slowing down, we've been challenged by our leader that this is a time for the church to move in action. We're to be the church in the book of Acts. And the only reason why, if we're not enjoying those days, is because we don't have enough faith to believe it. And so I want to challenge you. I have two grandsons sitting in this service, and two more scattered around here somewhere in this facility, and I want them to know that their granddad believes and this church believes. And, and you and I know that the commission is clear. We're to go after the lost. When people do come to faith in Jesus Christ, people often ask, what's next? You know, it's one of those high momentum moments. 
Remember when you got saved? You Man, you were so fired up. It wouldn't have mattered what they said you needed to do. I mean, 10%? Good heavens, yeah, here you go. Take 12. I'm a good heavens. You're getting aggressive on that. You follow the Lord in baptism? For many people in years gone by, that was just a given. Today, few people are following the Lord in the matter of baptism. And I'm not being critical. I'm just telling you, this is what Jesus leads us to do. And I want to give you just a simple word this morning on beautiful baptism. If this morning I was to survey everybody in this room on baptism and ask you your questions about it, and we're talking about uh, baptism, uh, believer's baptism, uh, there would be all kinds of different uh, perspectives. Some would say, Pastor, when I was a child, I was baptized. And uh, by that very virtue of that happening, if that happened to you, it was a pretty little ceremony. But if you think for a moment that that little sprinkle took away your original sin, I have to tell you, you're dead wrong on that. You see, sins are not removed by water. Sins are removed by Jesus' blood. Do you believe that? So if you, that happened, I don't, I'm not crit critical of your parents. I'm just simply saying to you, we dedicate our children and give them to God to one day come to faith in Jesus Christ. So that's not a, a biblical type of baptism. And then I, I was thinking about sprinkling and dipping and pouring, and none of those are a picture of what we're going to describe this morning as a biblical baptism. And then I often hear people talk about baptismal regeneration. That's just a big old word that means some folks believe that you've got to be baptized in order to be saved. Not only do you have to come to faith in Jesus, but you have to be baptized. In fact, they use the verse I read to you this morning. Uh, they say Acts 2 and 38, usually just like that. And they say repent and be, and be baptized, every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins. Well, I'm going to tell you something. Listen very carefully. There are many places in Scripture that define what the Bible is talking about here. But we know, of course, that baptism doesn't mean you're saved. Baptism is a picture that we're going to see in just a moment. So baptismal regeneration, saved by the waters of baptism? No. In fact, I remember when Meredith got married, Meredith Brown Peterman. Do you all remember that day? My grandma and granddaddy back there, probably mom and dad somewhere around. I, I'm going to tell you, when she got married, it was a good day for me because some cool things happened to, to me. Not only did I get to be there for the celebration, but there was a young man there that was operating the sound. And I said to him, we got to talking, and he started telling me about Jesus and what he'd done in his life. And I started telling him about what Jesus had done in my life before long. We were, we were there early. We were having such sweet fellowship. And I asked him where he went to church, and he called the name of his church, and it was the Church of Christ. So it was my chance. I said to him, I said, can I ask you a question? Because you appear to really love Jesus. He said, I do. I said, well, let me ask you, does your church teach that if you come to faith in Jesus, really repent, believe the gospel? But you die before you get in the baptistry waters. Do, do you believe, does your denomination believe that you're lost and you're not really a saved person? And I remember this as good as if it was yesterday. He paused. He looked at me and he said, I don't believe that. But he said, can I ask you a question, Pastor? I said, yes. He said, if a person understood that Jesus loved them, and went to the cross and shed their blood for them to redeem their unworthy, sinful, depraved soul. And they come to him in faith and invite him into their life. Can you imagine somebody that really experienced that not being willing to be baptized? I said, well, no, not after you put it like that. <laughs> Have I led lots of people to Jesus that hadn't followed... The Lord in baptism. Do I believe there's some immature Christians that haven't followed the Lord in baptism? Do I believe there are people that are scared? Yes, I'll vote to all the above. However, 
Rather than split hairs with other groups on all of this, can we just look to the Word of God and find out what the Bible has to say? One of my last things that they say to me is, Preacher, my baptism is so precious to me. It was when I was a child. They took us down to the river. I saw the tadpoles swim by. I mean, I, it was, it's special to me. Well, was that before or after you got saved? Well, that's before. I really got saved later. But, and you hate to tell them, because it's going to crush their dreams, <laughs> that it's not a biblical baptism until it occurs after your conversion on the right side of your salvation according to Scripture. Let's look at it. Let me give you three quick things this morning. Number one, I want us to see in the Word of God and look at Mark, Matthew chapter 3. Matthew chapter 3. Jesus coming to be baptized. Jesus coming to be baptized. You know, if Jesus does something, He's our model. I would think it might be important for us to take a, a real hard look at it. This same truth is a given. The story of His baptism is told in Mark chapter 1 as well. But we're in Matthew chapter 3, and we're going to begin reading in verse 13. Some interesting things in it as we look at this truth again. Verse 13, Matthew 3. Then cometh Jesus from Galilee to Jordan unto John to be baptized of Him did a little research on this years ago. Did you know he walked 60 miles? You see, God had set this thing up and sent John the Baptist to be the forerunner of Jesus Christ, to prepare the way, to make the path straight, the book of Isaiah talks about. And it was God's plan that John be the one to baptize Jesus. But John forbade him. He said, Lord, don't, I'm, I'm the one, look at this, I need to be baptized of thee. And I can imagine how he felt. And comest thou to me? Lord, I wish you'd baptize me, John said. I, you're coming to me to be baptized? Look at verse 15. And Jesus answering said unto him, Suffer it to be so now, or allow this. For thus it becometh us to fulfill all righteousness. Then he allowed him, or suffered him. And Jesus, when he was baptized, went up, remember that, straightway out of the water, and lo, the heavens were open unto him. And he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and lighting upon him. And lo, a voice from heaven saying, This is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. Did you know the Son of God, Jesus Christ, the perfect, sinless, second person of the Godhead, submitted himself to be baptized? He did that as a picture to us. And he did it in a unique way. You notice he didn't say to John, now John, dip your finger down in that and sprinkle a little on me. He didn't say that. He didn't say, come over to this beautiful little uh, <clears throat> baptistry that I've created. I want you to... No, he, the Bible says he went down into the water. You say, how do you know that? Because he came up, he went up straight way out of it. That, that's how we know. And so when we look at this, we say, why in the world do you think Jesus uh, was immersed? Why was it so important for him to picture that? I want you to listen to this statement. When a believer is baptized, he or she is acknowledging their belief in a crucified, buried, and risen Savior. It is a, is a declaration that I believe that Jesus died and was buried and, and uh, was and raised from the dead. Now, when, that, when baptism happens, every time it happens with children, with old folks, any time that biblical baptism happens, it's a beautiful picture of the gospel. That's the message, remember, we talked about it. That's the message we deliver. If you know every detail about every truth and you become so theologically deep that you know everything but you forget about the gospel, you've missed everything. 
The truth is, we need to be all about the gospel of Jesus Christ. And this baptism is a closely connected truth. Let me show you one other part of Jesus and his, his uh, declaration of baptism. Not only when a believer is baptized do they picture their belief in the crucified and buried and raised Savior. But not only that, listen to this. They also are declaring that they themselves, listen to this, they are also declaring their death to sin. That their old life is buried. That's a lot of people's problem today. They, they can't get past their past. If you realize when you got baptized and when you got really when you got saved, you're death to sin. Sin does, doesn't have to reign in your mortal body anymore. The Bible says, let not sin therefore reign in your mortal body. That means you have an option. You say, well, I just can't help it. <laughs> well, yes, you can too. Do you remember that night when Shane preached in our revival in 2019 on grace reigning? Romans chapter 5. I'll never forget that night. And they played that sirens. You remember that? And, and they would talk about grace coming in. When you need it, there's grace to be able to stand in those moments when the temptation is coming. And you remember at the end of that Romans uh, 5 text, it talks about not only uh, death reigning, but now grace reigns in my life. Grace reigns in my life. And so we, we see we're declaring when we're baptized the death to our sin. Look at this. That our old life is buried and we have a brand, this is the gospel, a brand new life in Jesus Christ. My sins are gone. You know what we used to sing when I was a boy? Some of these older boys will know this. And remember, you ask me why I'm happy. Remember this? So I'll just tell you why. Because my sins are gone. And when I meet the scoffers who ask me where they are, I say, my sins are gone. They're underneath the blood of the cross of Calvary. As far removed as darkness is from dawn in the sea of God's forgetfulness, that's good enough for me. Praise God, my sins are gone. Let me tell you something about my sin. They're buried in the depths of the deepest sea. Never be remembered against me anymore. The Bible, the Bible makes it very clear. They're as far as the east is from the west. Look here, he don't even remember. He, he's wondering right now, what in the world is he talking about? Because when he sees me, when God looks at me, when God looks at you who are redeemed by the blood of the Lamb, he sees his perfect righteousness, the righteousness of his own son. Thank God for that. That's why we're baptized. You say, Pastor, but I just can't bring myself to it or, or I'm hesitant or I'm waiting for a, another moment. I'm waiting for the Lord to tell me to do it. Well, I'm here to give you that this morning right out of God's word. No other mode of baptism pictures these three things at all. I also want you to notice in the text, really interesting to me right here, that God speaks audibly here. Now you can go through your Bible, you'll find he doesn't do that very often. But God spoke out loud, and he didn't just do it to affirm his son, though he loved him so much. He did it for everybody sitting there. But that's not the only reason he did it either. He did it for everybody sitting here, and everybody that would ever open up the Bible. Because God spoke out of the cloud. And I want you to notice three things that he said when he said, I'm pleased. This is my beloved son in whom I'm well. Do you want to please God? It's as simple as that. Baptism pleases God. Doesn't have anything to do with salvation. Has everything to do with your pleasing God and being a follower of Jesus. Number one, do you want to please God? Number two, do you want to follow Jesus? You say, well, I want to follow Jesus. Then get in the water with us. You, you follow Jesus, you follow him in the water. Listen, it's just a, it's as simple as that. You want to please God, you want to follow Jesus. You, listen, there's 
Something else real interesting about this that we don't pay much attention to it. You know, people every, every now and then get in a big way telling a story, and I've done this right while I was preaching a few times. And people at the service say, actually, it doesn't actually say what you were talking But the Bible don't say that the dove came down, but the spirit, like a dove. I don't know what it looked like. I, I'm imagining a white, uh, it's just my imagination. Do y'all have imagination? Use them every now and then. It might help you a little bit. But I imagine this brightness. And, and Jesus knew exactly who the Holy Ghost was. He had been with him in eternity past and will be in, with him in eternity future. And down comes the Spirit. When? At his baptism. Did you know, I don't know all of this. We're going to see him again in this moment. But the Spirit of God, do you want to please God? Do you want to follow Jesus? Do you want the Spirit upon you? It's directly connected here, it appears, to this baptism. Number one, Jesus coming to be baptized. That's a scene. Number two, I want you to see Jesus called to be baptized. Will you turn back over to the book of, of uh, Acts again and look at chapter two and let's do something quick. I told him in the early service, we went to camp, me and Terry this week, and uh, while we were at camp, they did, some, they did a lot of cool things. We had so much fun. I want you to pray for some of those children we were with. Some of them don't know God. Some of them are in out of all kind of environments. You, you can't even imagine. My heart, bro, I went back to the room and cried most nights listening to those children tell the stories of their broken homes and broken lives. But the one thing they did, they had Bible drills. Do y'all remember Bible drills? We used to have our Bible and people used to bring actual Bibles to church. Remember that? Remember those days? You can't do that with a phone. You cannot do it. Tell you what else you can't do. You can't text with your Bible. You just can't. Hey, try your best. It just doesn't work. But they held their Bibles up. He declared the scripture. And when he got done, he said, go. And they all looked to find it. We're going to kind of do that kind of quickly right now. I want you to notice uh, chapter 2 one more time. Acts chapter 2. I stopped in John. We saw verse 38. Repent. Did you see that? Acts 2, 38. Then Peter said to them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. And ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Now look down. And verse 41, Then they that gladly received his word were baptized, and the same day were added to them about 3,000 souls. Turn over to Acts chapter 8. Somebody's already there. Quick ones. You would win. Look at verse 26, Acts 8, 26. And the angel of the Lord spoke unto Philip. Now this is that scene. Philip's in Samarian revival, and the Lord takes him out in the wilderness. And he said, Arise, go toward the south, under the way that goeth down from Jerusalem to Gaza, which is desert. And he arose and went. Let me paraphrase the rest. He gets there and there's this Ethiopian eunuch. And he's reading the Bible. He's actually reading in Isaiah, around chapter 53. And, and I love what the Spirit said in verse 29. Then the Spirit said unto Philip, Go near, join thyself to this chariot. And Philip ran thither to him and heard him read the prophet Isaiah and said, Understandest thou what thou readest? You, hey, do you understand what you're reading and he said how can I except some man guide me Philip jumped up there and started talking to him and sharing with him the scriptures and he started reading about 53 where the Bible says he was led as a sheep to the slaughter and like a lamb before his shearers is dumb and, and when he finishes the Bible says that Philip verse 35 opened his mouth and began at the same scripture and he preached unto him Jesus he began to proclaim the gospel and the Bible says and as they went on their way there came unto him or the, and they came in unto a certain water. And the eunuch said, Now look, this is interesting, Pastor. Uh, Philip didn't have to preach a message on baptism. The, the man that just is coming to Jesus is the one asking about it. Look at what he said. See, here's water. What doth hinder me to be baptized? 
And Philip said, If thou believest with all thine heart, thou mayest. And he answered and said, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. And he commanded the chariot to stand still, and they went down both into the water, both Philip and the eunuch, and he baptized him. And then look at the connection of the Spirit again. And when they were come up out of the water, must have been immersion, the Spirit of the Lord called away Philip. Can I ask you a question? When you were reading with me on that, did your Bible go straight from verse 36 to verse 38? Did, did that happen? Don't raise your hand. lady walked up to me after the service. It was in the 8 o'clock service. She said, my Bible didn't have verse 37 in it. There might be a little note at the bottom that says, some translations include this verse. Well, let's, let me ask you to judge for yourself. Do you think verse 37 has any merit? Listen to it one more time. Now, first, the eunuch asked him in verse 36, what doth hinder me from being baptized? Look at verse 37. Philip said, if you believe with all your heart. Boy, kind of important. And he answered and said, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. That has to do with the deity of Jesus Christ. Before you get baptized, you need to believe that Jesus is the Son of God. Do you believe that or not? All right, with that in mind, what if you jump right from 36 to 38? What does hinder me? What does hinder me from being baptized? Verse thirty-eight. And he commanded the chariot stand still and went down baptized. Not saved, just baptized. Well, that's probably saving him. That water probably got healing work in it, don't it? No, it doesn't. So what in the world? What What do you think happens? I, I don't know. I don't think people intentionally. I don't think it's a plan on the part of publishers and all to dismiss the deity of Christ. But in new versions, often many of them. There are major omissions and important omissions like this one. So I have to give you a, just a word of encouragement that I trust an old translation that includes these. So you might want to get a different Bible. Okay, now take your uh, Bibles. Let's look a little further. Look at chapter 9. Now, use what you want to. I love you, and, and I'm just giving you a little word of encouragement. I have confidence in this one. Chapter 9 and verse 18. You know the story. Ananias has been used by God to speak to Saul who's so mean and persecuting Christians and he goes to his house. Verse 18, And immediately there fell from his eyes Saul's as it had been scales and he received sight forthwith and arose and was baptized. Look at chapter 10, verse 44. Chapter 10, verse 44. Boy, listen to the pages turn. And while Peter yet spake these words, the Holy Ghost fell on all them which heard the word. This is the coming of the Spirit of the Gentiles. And they of the circumcision which believed were astonished, as many as came with Peter, because that on the Gentiles also was poured out the gift of the Holy Ghost. For they heard them speak with other dialects or tongues and magnify God. Then answered Peter, Can any forbid water that these should not be baptized, which have received the Holy Ghost as well as we? And he commanded them to be baptized in the name of the Lord. Then prayed they him to tarry certain days. There's more. But I'll, I'll stop there and simply say to you that Jesus is calling us to be baptized. He's calling you and I to be baptized. By these scriptures, we notice two or three things. Number one, I've already said it, so I'll just mention it. Baptism is not regeneration. That means you don't get saved by the waters of baptism. You get saved by the blood of Jesus Christ and by faith in, a, in the work of Jesus Christ. Number two, baptism also doesn't ensure a right relationship with God. 
Just because you're baptized doesn't mean you're walking with Him and following Him day by day. Uh, there are many excuses, but I would just say measure it by what Jesus did for you when He went to the cross. Can we not follow Him into the water? Do you know what believer's baptism means to people in many other countries? It means isolation. It means abandonment by their family. I don't know if you watched the dialogue in the Democratic Party this week, and I'm not political, but you've seen it. Um, Muslim leaders in the, uh, in the government making statements regarding terrorism and declaring that we are, uh, as a country, how tragic. How tragic when even the own party, the liberal party, speaks to that and pushes back, and then more attacks. Again, back to chapter 4 of Acts last week. We're going to live in the moment, I fear, that we must know how, not only to defend our faith, but to do it biblically, and to do it graciously, and to do it filled with the Holy Ghost. But in that moment, in that moment, what I see is, in many Muslim nations, many of them, they might turn off the Facebook feed on this for a moment, and they can in many of them, when you follow Jesus and you go to the waters of baptism, they fear for their lives. Abandonment and even death. Because baptism is important. Jesus said it's important. Jesus called to be baptized. I love the way somebody in my small group put it. They said, you know, when you're baptized, you put the gospel on display for everyone to see the death, burial, and resurrection. Let me give you one more thought and we'll be on our way. Number Number one, we saw Jesus coming to be baptized. Number two, Jesus' call to baptism. And, and finally, number three, Jesus' commission to be baptized. Look over with me to a key passage for us, Matthew 28. Matthew chapter 28. We'll begin looking in verse 16. I heard somebody say this week, I read it somewhere, that if you have a business, you're defined by the purpose of your business. We have a family in our church that has a dry cleaner. And they have to have several of them. When I go to that dry cleaners, I'm expecting to leave my shirts there. Maybe a pair of pants or a jacket. Come back in a couple days and it'd be crisp and clean. Hanging up, ready to go. Imagine me going in there and saying, hey, here's my shirts. Oh, I'm sorry. We still got cleaners on the outside. Uh, yeah, but we don't do clothes anymore. You don't. No, but if you want a pizza, I'll tell you right now, we've got a good deal on a, on a pepperoni back here. But I didn't come here. It's not your purpose, see, defines your business. I want to tell you churches have lost their way today, church family. Listen to me. It could happen right here. Thanks be to God, the Lord has given us a leader for the future that believes strongly that the Great Commission is our purpose. Our purpose statement is the declaration to our children and our family and our community and the world through local hands and global fingerprints. Giving Jesus, giving the gospel, it is our commission. Look at your Bibles in Matthew 28, verse 16. Then the 11 disciples, now this is after the resurrection. Disciples were given instruction to go back and meet Jesus there in Galilee. Then the 11 disciples went away into Galilee into a, into a mountain where Jesus has appointed them. And when they saw him, Jesus, they worshipped him. But some doubted. Sound like a Baptist church right there. And, I, and that's people. And Jesus came and spake unto them saying, look at this, all power, all authority is given unto me in heaven and in earth. 
Go ye therefore and teach all nations. Here it is. Baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. Teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. You know, I, I think about uh, making disciples. You've heard me say this a thousand times. I'm going to say it one more. Jesus is the one that makes the disciples. We're a part of that process. He uses us, but He makes disciples. And a part of that disciple-making process is the giving of the gospel and the winning of souls to Christ and then them following Jesus in believer's baptism. This is given to the church. This is given to the disciples, the early church, an embryonic stage. And as it begins, He defines our role. And baptism is a big part of that. Today, fewer and fewer people or even taking the first step of a believer's baptism. I saw something in my study. I just want to say it to you because I believe there's some great, sweet-hearted, well-meaning, washed-in-the-blood people here that have not been baptized. I haven't looked at the record. I'm just, I'm just thinking that. I believe the Lord wouldn't have impressed my heart in the book of Acts to be in this part had there not been the case. Can I say something to you? Isn't it interesting to you that the Spirit and the fullness of the Spirit that we've been talking about is directly connected to this moment in, in the baptism of Jesus? Isn't it also interesting that this catapulted His ministry? It was His obedience to the Father to step into the waters of baptism that was the first step in ministry. People come to us all the time and say, I don't know what God's calling me to do. Well, let me ask you. I'm going to tell you the first thing He calls you to do after you have a, a genuine experience with Him is to <clears throat> follow Him in believer's baptism. He wants to know you're going to be obedient. And when you follow Jesus in believer's baptism after your salvation, as we clearly pointed out, you now are ready for hearing God's voice regarding the call of God on your life. What a, what a powerful word Wednesday night on hearing the voice of God. Well, this morning, hear his voice as he says, be baptized. Be baptized. Follow the Lord in baptism. Remove any obstacle and choose to follow the Lord in baptism. There's a few observations that I've made in lots of years of ministry on baptism. Here's one of them. Those that follow the Lord in baptism usually stick. <laughs> They're not in one week. <clears throat> Remember that guy that came when he was in the storefront building? Two or three of y'all were here. He came on Sunday morning. Man, he was so excited. God was moving that morning. He walked down the aisle that morning. Made a profession of faith. He said, can I join the church too? Yes, you can. You can do it all. We'll baptize you, man. You can join the church. I was going off to preach somewhere that afternoon, a little afternoon service. He said, can I go with you? I said, shoot, yeah, you can go with me. Jump in the car. We went. I dropped him off at his house. We got through. He said, I'll see you tonight. That's been 37 years. 37 years. He said, what in the world happened? I don't know. I just know some people get to scratching their head thinking, I don't know if I'm all in for all of this. But if you follow the Lord in baptism, I've just noticed those who follow the Lord usually stick. Number two, those that, that follow the Lord in baptism usually follow in other areas as well. When the Lord nudges them and says, I've got an opportunity for you, I have an opportunity for you to serve. I have an opportunity for you to pray. I want you to be a part of this. They often are a part of that as well. There's more. I'll tell you one thing though. That ring right there. Terry just bought me this new, them new fancy rings. It, it's easier to wear on my hand than the gold one I had. But she bought me that. But you know, for 41 years, I've had some kind of ring on this finger. It identifies me. 
as I'm a married man. I'm a one-woman man. And I love her. And I intend, as long as I live, to be faithful to her. And when I stepped in that water, it identified me as a follower of Jesus Christ. I intend to love him and follow him. I believe a lot of you want to, too. So guess what? I didn't even plan this. Didn't even know it until he announced it at the close of the 8 o'clock. We're going to baptize next Sunday, right after this service. You say, I don't know if I can do that. You can. Have faith. And be obedient to the Word of God. Let's bow our heads together in prayer. Father, we thank you for you. It's you that gave us this opportunity to stand in water and say, I'm dead to my sin. Jesus has washed me. My old life is buried. I'm not going to live in the past anymore and feel regret and remorse. I, I've been washed. And then I'm alive in Jesus with the power of the resurrected Christ. Lord, you're the one that gave us the opportunity to declare that you died and you were buried and you rose again, Jesus, for us. So I pray that in this congregation, every saved man or woman will be able to stand before the Lord with a big old smile on their face knowing they 